0: Good morning, church. Welcome to New Valley. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I really miss seeing your faces. Um, If you're a part of New Valley, you know that we have been working our way uh, through the gospel of Mark over the last year, and we continue to do that today. Um, It just so happens that our passage is about generosity uh, in a time of scarcity for a widow. And I can't think of a better moment for us to be talking about generosity as the followers of Jesus um, just this past week, I was talking to a friend on the phone, and he said, how you doing? And, uh, you know, it's just it was that common phrase that we use as you're saying, hey, what's up? What's going on? And it just almost doesn't make sense to ask one another that question when we're on the phone, because the reality is every one of us right now is going through a time of trauma and difficulty. And so our common phrases of salutation on the phone just kind of don't make sense. They seem a little weird. But every one of us throughout the whole world is experiencing this thing together, which is both comforting on the one hand, but troubling on the other. All of the systems that we have been counting on for a lifetime are showing their vulnerabilities in a way. I mean, you always thought that you could count on Costco to provide enough toilet paper for you to last a lifetime, but no more. We... Look at our money. And do you know what's on the other side of this dollar bill? It says this, in God we trust, right? And a couple weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, as I got online and I looked at my 403B, as I looked at my Roth IRA, and I saw how much it had advanced in the last uh, year, in the last several months, I would have said to you, yes, I trust in God more than I trust in money. But today, more than any other time in a long time in my life and in yours, and we have this commonality around the world, we get a chance to prove it. Do we trust in God? Do we trust in the systems that are providing for us? Do we trust in our money? Who and will have our trust? Jesus and his disciples in this passage have set up shops, so to speak, across from the treasury. And the treasury, uh, when Mark says that, most likely refers to uh, in front of the, the temple were these 13 large chests that they would put out. And people would give their money into these various chests for different means, and they were labeled for different purposes. And people would come up and they would drop their gifts in the chest. And their money back then was made of metal, copper most likely. And the larger the coin, the the more money that somebody threw into the chest, the louder the clanking of that money would make. And so as the wealthy would come up and put in their tithe of 10%, it would clank loudly and all would hear it. Jesus in the passage just prior to our passage this morning is talking about his judgment of hypocrisy of the scribes. This widow comes up and she puts in Her gift, the small gift, with no clanking, no large noise. Widows, you may know in this culture, had no rights of inheritance. And so imagine that for a moment. When her husband passed away, all of her money that she was counting on went to her son or her sons or to other male relatives. And going forward from that time, she was dependent economically on her children and on other male relatives. And I want, to think, uh, want you to think with me just for a second about how vulnerable a widow might be, how dependent they might be, how open to exploitation she might be in this moment. And so this widow comes to the temple's chest and throws in small, two small coins that constitute just a few cents, and Jesus says this about this widow to his disciples. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. Jesus is not saying that people who are giving out of abundance are doing anything wrong but he says that the widow gave more than anybody else gave. Now, why would Jesus say that? Is he bad at math? Does he not realize that the other people had given larger gifts? No, Jesus is saying that the woman gave more than everybody else because although they gave out of their abundance, she gave out of her poverty. She gave literally all that she had to live on And the thing that I want us to note this morning is this, that generosity in a time of scarcity requires faith, and faith is what pleases God. Generosity in a time of scarcity requires faith. Everyone else in that moment, Jesus said, is giving out of their abundance And that is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. That is pleasing to God. But even more pleasing to God is this widow because of the faith that it required of her to give all that she had. God does not require that his followers give to the extent that they have nothing left. But Jesus is showing how beautiful generosity in a time of scarcity is. And it gets to the point of what God is really after, after all and everything is stripped away. And ultimately, the thing that God desires most, and I think you know this, is our hearts. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Christians, we don't give money to a church or to poor people or to anyone else or to any other cause with the hopes that somehow we will impress God and that we'll earn our salvation. We don't give uh, so that we might earn it or that God might give us more favor in light of our gift. No, we give generously and with joy and consistently and so forth because of all that Jesus has done for us out of our hearts, out of a cheerfulness, It pleases God when we are generous in times of abundance and when done from a heart of love and faith. But this passage shows us that the one who's generous in a time of scarcity is showing their faith and their trust in God. A few months ago, when I gave a gift and the market is up, that was a good thing. But it was in a time of abundance. When I looked at my 403B as I looked at the Roth and everything's up. And, and not only would if we give a gift in the, those kind of times, do I give not only out of what I have to live on, but out of abundance, but Jesus is saying, the beautiful yeah. <laughs> Can I start over? Not all over. I'll start with Matthew 6:21. It's hard to preach on a Wednesday. OK. Thank you. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Christians, we don't give to God in order to earn salvation. We don't give gifts uh, to the poor, we don't give gifts to our church or to some other ministry or to a missionary with the hopes that God will be so impressed with our offering that we might earn his grace might earn his favor, might earn salvation, that's not the reason we give. We give because God has been so radically generous to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Of course it pleases God when we give out of times of abundance, but what faith it requires to be generous in a time of need and in a time when things are scarce. And I'm sure you see where I'm going with this this morning. The entire world in this moment is experiencing more of a time of scarcity than perhaps we have in a very long time. Some of us have so much abundance in life that in this moment, the scarcity may may be nothing more than a feeling of scarcity. You still have an abundance, but it feels like far less of an abundance than it did just a month ago. Some of us have experienced some loss already, but our income has not yet been affected that much, perhaps. Others of us, though, are experiencing loss right now. Just this week, I was talking to some neighbors, and uh, the lady that I was talking to has lost 30% of her income already, and her husband has lost 20%. I have other friends who run businesses of their own and have had to lay people off and are taking financial cuts themselves and their other employees are as well. And so many of us are already beginning to feel the loss. Some of you perhaps have even lost your job. The Bible has a lot to say about money and generosity. In the Old Testament, God's people were called to give at least a 10% of their income to what God is doing in the world. And while the New Testament doesn't command a tithe in the same way that the Old Testament did, it just doesn't make sense for God's people to be less generous now that Jesus has come in his fullness. And so we give generously as the people of God, not to earn salvation, but because of the generosity that God has given us in Jesus. Becky and I got married in my last year of graduate school And I was working part-time at a church. She was a substitute teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. And we started our marriage by giving 10% of what we made. And that amount was small and the gift was small, but God continued to provide for us. And in many ways in that moment, to be honest, it felt a little bit like we were playing house, like we were just newly married. We didn't have much money, but our, our responsibilities financially were very, very small. Later, we bought a house. We both had full-time jobs. And when we gave, it was out of abundance. We had more uh, than we needed to live on. We were able to give and save. And then later, when Becky became pregnant with our first son, Jacob, we made the decision for her to stay home. And we lost half of our income. And we continued to practice this this process of giving 10% of what we made. And I look back on that season where things were much more scarce and on paper it didn't make sense that we would be able to do all that, but somehow we managed and God provided continually for us throughout that process. And in all honesty, in the last several years, our giving again has been out of abundance. We've been blessed to have more than what we need in many respects, and we've been giving out of abundance. And so for the first time in a long time, uh, even though I've not yet experienced a, a loss of income, there is this feeling of insecurity about everything, is there not? And if so as we give gifts to the ministries that we support and to this church and to the poor, there's a sense in which it feels scary. Will God provide for me in this time of need? In James chapter 1, verses 2-3, through three, James the Apostle writes this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. If your neighbor came to your door a month ago and said, hey, we've run out of toilet paper, we're not gonna be able to get to the store for a couple weeks, can we borrow a couple rolls of toilet paper? You would have thought, what a weird thing to ask of, but of course, here is some toilet paper. If your neighbor came to you today with the same request, it would be a bit scary to give of your supply of toilet paper. Even if you are very wealthy, you may not be wealthy in toilet paper. It's the new commodity. It would require faith for you to give of something you're feeling such a lack of. And this is how the widow gave. If you don't exercise your faith, you don't grow in faith. And one of the things about modern life is that we have to pay a gym in order for us to work out our bodies in ways that people perhaps of old or people that uh, work jobs that are manual labor don't have to. So because I sit behind a desk, I have to pay a gym a monthly fee so that I can go in and work out my body because I sit behind a desk. If you don't work out your body, you will not strengthen your body. And the same is true of faith. If we are not tested in our faith, if we don't work out those muscles, they don't grow. So let's rejoice at the testing of this faith. In this moment, in church, let's be a people of generosity. And first and foremost, I want you to know that I'm speaking to New Valley. If you're part of New Valley, if this is your church family, we give to this church and we support this mission of making and maturing disciples of Jesus Christ because we believe in this mission and we're committed as a family to do that together generously consistently and to support the work of the ministry that God has given us at New Valley. If this is not your church home and you're just watching, I encourage you to be generous with your family for with your church. Practice what this widow is showing us. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I would ask you please don't I'm not asking you to give of anything uh, to our church or to any other church. Would you consider the generosity of God to you in Jesus Christ? So, New Valley, at this moment, for those of us who have not yet experienced a loss in income, this feeling of fear still may creep in. What if? What if I lose? What if? And I, you, we might feel like, man, practicing generosity at this moment just doesn't make sense. But let's exercise our faith. Let's be generous in this moment, even though we may fear what the future may hold. Let's continue to practice faithfulness in this moment, even though it's hard, and generosity. If you aren't giving yet and you're a follower of Jesus to this church, if this is your church home, or some other church, if that's where you're committed, then what an amazing opportunity to exercise your faith and to begin to be generous with what God is doing in the world. If you're in a time of loss, though, maybe you are that person that's lost their job, as in a decrease in income. I encourage you to continue like the widow to be generous, but listen, remember this. God is not concerned about the amount. He is concerned about our heart. It's the, not a, the amount that we're giving. It, it's, it's our hearts and the faith that we're exercising in Him. For those of us in abundance, I'm asking you at New Valley to consider giving a gift above and beyond your regular gift to New Valley in this time. And to give it because we want to provide money for those who are experiencing loss right now. At New Valley, we budget money to help people in need every year, especially those people that um, are home to New Valley. But right now, in this moment, we wanna set up a mercy fund for our new Deacon team to distribute. To have extra money to help those in need. And so right now in this moment, for those of us in abundance, many of us will be uh, receiving um, a check from the government right now uh, in the stimulus package, or you might be receiving uh, some payment for a tax refund. In this moment, this might provide an opportunity of generosity for those who have need. In Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 45, there's this beautiful passage. As the early churches started, And Pentecost has just happened and the Spirit of God is poured out on God's people and they practice beautiful generosity towards one another and it says this in Acts chapter 2, and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the uh, proceeds to all as any had need. So friends, as you're able, please continue to give your regular gifts But if you're able to give above and beyond what you would be normally giving to this church or to another church, would you consider a gift to this Mercy Fund? And we promise that 100% of these proceeds will be going towards helping people in our church with need and people in our city. This is also a time to be practicing radical generosity to our neighbors and friends. Uh, Just this week, a friend at New Valley uh, texted us on Saturday and just said, hey, we made a meal, we've made extra, and we'd like to bring you over a meal tonight for your family. And ordinarily, that would be such a beautiful thing and a gift, and and a gift that we would receive with joy, but it felt extra special that a family would be thinking of us and make extra, knowing that I feel the same tension at the grocery store, that there's only a few packs of spaghetti left on the shelves, and that they would share their meal with us, was especially a beautiful gift. And we had food; uh, we have plenty to provide. But that gift of love meant so much. Um, another person brought over bread, just a gift, a gift uh, out of joy. And so, listen, I just want to say these these small gifts that are, are ordinarily uh, a beautiful thing are magnified right now. Let's practice generosity towards our neighbors. Let's practice generosity towards one another. Hospitality, even. But we can't. We have social distancing. True, but a phone call, a wave, stopping by to talk to a neighbor, eight feet ac- apart at least, extending a call, a care, of prayer, a text, FaceTime, Zoom call, whatever. These small acts of kindness right now are felt more and more and more. In Second Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Friends, Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, is wealthy beyond measure. But the Son emptied himself of that wealth and became poor for our sake, that we may be spiritually wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. And that is the gospel. Friends, in our own acts, in our own lives, the truth is, the reality is, we deserve spiritual poverty. We deserve to be alienated from God. We deserve a life that is cut off from God. But in Jesus Christ, God has poured out radical generosity to us in his son. He has given us the gift of his son. And so on this Palm Sunday, as we celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the, the radical generosity of God to us in Jesus Christ, that although we would deserve separation from God and spiritual poverty, in Jesus, through faith in him, our sins are forgiven and we are welcomed into God's family in light of that generosity, in light of our anticipation of the resurrection and the coming of Easter, friends. Let's be a generous people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to prove in our hearts, in our minds, and in our actions what we believe to be true and that we say to be true, which is that in God we trust, not in money, not in our retirement accounts, not not in the systems that we lean on, but in you, O Lord. Help in this moment for us to live lives of faith, and let our generosity reflect that, that faith. We ask in Jesus' good name, amen.